Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Forum. My name is Nicholas, and I'm actually joined here with Pilgrim and Dan. So, hey, what's up, man? Hi, guys. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks. So, uh, so if you guys have noticed, we are doing a Zoom call rather than meeting in person. Um, Dan, do you want to tell us why we are meeting on Zoom? Well, I think there's been some sickness uh, in the group, and because of HIPAA laws, I can't disclose those uh, cases uh, myself, but if uh, someone else wants to, that, that'd be fine. I think I just gave it away with that little coughing fit. <laughs> so, Nick. yeah, I am um, recovering from uh, COVID-19, uh, my uh, little bout with uh, coronavirus, or as they say on the streets, the Rona. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, been wonderful. <laughs> By the way, do you, do you guys like, I, I don't like calling it the Rona. I don't I just. I think it's weird. I think but, it's extremely weird. Like, but, my, like my wife, Lori, came home one day from the bank. I guess the people at the bank were calling it Rona. She's like, oh, the Rona. I'm like, stop, don't do that. <laughs> I said, I don't know why that just, I don't know. Just me. It's weird. Yes, I refuse. I refuse to do that. Yeah, we just call it the the baby flu, but that's probably not the popular. Um, <laughs> Don't say that out loud to other people. <laughs> no. So, no, not at all. Well, Nick, yeah, in that light, how are you feeling? Uh, much better. Um, okay. <clears throat> I have a slight cough, and I have to clear my throat uh, every now and then. But beyond that, I'm I'm actually pretty good at this point. Um, the first week of it, I pretty much slept for about 15 hours a day. Hmm. So there was one day I slept for 19 hours. Which, wow. is, which is which is actually a couple hours less than you normally sleep a day. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, true. Yeah, it's just <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm not a teenager anymore. I can't really sleep like that. Um, um, just for clarification, like on a normal night, I actually sleep about five hours a night. Um, which is some people are like, how do you sleep on, or like, how do you function on so little sleep? So this was God's way, Nick, of just getting you to sleep and rest some more. Clearly. Mm. So okay. <laughs> it's funny how the Lord will do that to us when we absolutely need it. Oh, look, Nick needs coronavirus. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nick needs a lot more than that, but we won't yeah. go there. But well, I think for, for, most of us watching or listening to this, we, we didn't have anyone that we knew even exposed. And so now that's not you know the case anymore. So more and more people, you know, we're You're hearing, welcome. yeah, welcome to the club. Um, but we're hearing this more and more and more. And so it's kind of more of a reality, right? That yeah. people we know and love or um, are friends with are, are related to are getting, yeah. uh, getting exposed. And, yeah. and don't forget that we are also recording this in the global uh, epicenter now of the of coronavirus. Yeah, the beautiful sunshine state where apparently yeah. well that, that and sunshine do not kill the coronavirus. Apparently, yeah, clearly. Uh, I mean, it's July at this point now. So yeah, and the heat index is supposed to be 115 degrees today, and this thing is still going strong. Ugh. So yeah, though. I have actually, there was a news article that came out yesterday that said um, they might be miscalculating it because there was like 
30 something clinics that were uh, getting Orlando. 100% yeah. test results. So. Yeah. Well, the truth will eventually come out and we'll see, but I just kind of throw up my hands at, at this point. I'm just like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, think we anyone want, else does either. Well, we want everyone to be safe and we want this to go away and we want to use wisdom and discretion, but I don't know about you guys, but I am so over this. <laughs> Cannot wait for this to be, uh, for us to be on the other side of it, uh, both personally and ministry-wise, and yeah, uh, just just to keep going on with our lives. So, speaking of ministry-wise, um, Dan, I'm going to toss a question to you first, and uh, Pilgrim, you next. So, um, um, speaking of ministering uh, through this time, uh, what what has changed for you specifically, Dan? Um, during this time of shutdown, quarantine, lockdown, whatever. We're in Florida, so we really haven't had a, an actual lockdown. Um, there were things that were shut down, but we haven't had an actual lockdown, thankfully. But what, what has changed for you specifically? Well, yeah, ministry-wise, you know, our church is mostly elderly people. And so since uh, those people, uh, that age bracket is the most at risk. We've had to take some, some more precautions and we've taken a little bit more seriously in that way. So we've done some, uh, we first we did online only for the first seven weeks and then we did drive-in services for about five weeks. Now we're meeting in person again since the beginning of June. Uh, and that's been going very well. Uh, we're in two services uh, with about 50 in each service approximately. And those were pre-registered and everyone's social distance, seats are separated. Now, do you normally have two services? Or no, we don't. It- no, we don't. Yeah, that would okay. never be my that would never be my choice. Uh, just because it divides the church up and no one ever sees one another. And so just to, a- just to ask, answer your question, the one thing I've been saying the last few weeks is because there's some, some of our people haven't seen each other in months, you know, even now that we're back in the building. And so I've been making an extra point in the last few weeks to say, hey, I know you guys are talking to each other in this service, but during the week, I want you to pick somebody at least once a week and call them that doesn't come to this service. Maybe they're watching online uh, or they go to the other one and see how they're doing, see how they uh, can be loved on, see how they can be prayed for. And this is not an excuse that to just, you know, do things, um, in isolation and just forget everyone. We need to still be the church. We need to be the community of God's people together. So, so how things have changed for us, of course, many, we just are not seeing each other like we used to, which those opportunities of service and are, are not there anymore. And so it's, it's been a very frustrating time. Yeah. Yeah. Pilgrim, same question. Uh, how has uh, uh, ministry shifted for you during this time? Yeah, I, I echo what Dan's saying. I, I, the church is a gathering, right? It's a gathering of called out ones. And so yeah. to not be, you know, to be providentially hindered either through government restrictions, which a lot of, you know, states are going through. We don't have any. Our, our governor has exempted churches from any, you know, gathering uh, group um, orders. Um, you know, it's it's been challenging, uh, I think, uh, we have not said that, you know, watch church online. We say shoreline online, but we, we're careful not to say, join us for church online. You know, if you want to tune in to watch the sermon, 
or sing along to the worship songs. Um, but, you know, we, we can't partake in the sacraments. You can't do virtual communion or digital baptism. So and if you want to know more about that, we had a episode uh, several weeks ago called virtual church and Pilgrim had an article on that too. So yeah. Pilgrim so. did. Was it Pilgrim? <laughs> I did. Don't, don't, don't give it, don't give was, credit to Pilgrim for my what? article. Oh, I, Coronavirus I, I, has my head fuzzy. So. So yeah, yeah, no, Pilgrim was taking credit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting back. Yeah. All, <laughs> all, uh, finer articles. Coronavirus has my head fuzzy. Forgive me. Which, by the way, if you're not familiar with our articles, go visit thegospelforum.com slash blog, and you can see all some great articles there, including one that I wrote on virtual church and oxymoron for our times. But anyway, I digress. Excuse me. It was a great article that Dan helped me write. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I think think the challenge for us has been been uniquely, you know, how to to continue to – effectively minister to to people when those same people pose whether real or perceived pose a medical threat so um it's been a challenge to find out how people are doing we took you know the entire church roster we split it up uh name by name depending on the influence like if if it was a group of ladies uh, who were unmarried we would have our ladies ministry reach out to them if it were Parents of teenagers, we had our youth ministry team reach out to them. Um, if it's people I've been discipling, then I'm going to naturally reach out to them. But we tried to have everyone covered who's at least on our, our um, you know, our roster, so to speak, people who serve. We don't officially mm-hmm. yet have membership at our church, but um, that's changing soon. But, you know, we, we've been trying our best, but still people have fallen through the cracks and we, we lament over that. And we've reached out as best we could, but... Um, that's been the real challenge for us is is confirming that people are doing okay and and we've been we've been pleasantly surprised people people are hanging in there we've had a lot of um, gifts come in benevolence wise to help with some people and we have helped a few families we were anticipating you know when the government um, stimulus came out we we anticipated having to help dozens of families and we really didn't have to people are just you know they're managing their money well they're okay not a lot of people were impacted at our church, particularly by the, um, by the uh, economy. But um, yeah, it's just been a challenge to, to really follow up. And, um, and, you know, we've had prayer available. We've had um, some online devotions. Um, and now that we're meeting back together, we're, we're doing our best with taking temperatures, pre-registration, staggering people, you know, um, apart now did you split up your services uh the same way dan did yeah we we were unable to meet actually because the facility we rent from closed the ymca closed and didn't allow any meetings so we thankfully have a um kind of a third space we have a an office here so we're able to break it up it's small so we had to have two services um again pre-registration social distance people out, hand sanitizer. Um, we don't require masks, but we encouraged it. And we had them and people did wear them. Some people didn't. Um, and uh, yeah, we did our best to do that. Now we're, now we're in a, a new facility, which is great. And we have a lot more room to space out. So back to awesome. one service. Cool. So, um, so the one thing I heard both of you say quite a bit was, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, checking in with, not only your ministry staff, but 
um, all of your, you know, members or attendees, you know, e everyone who's on your overall roster, you know, definitely making sure you're checking in. Like, so would you say then that during this time, um, both of you have grown and have been stretched as pastors uh, to reach out to people um, in a more intentional way? Yeah, I mean, with, without the ability to see them as we <laughs> were doing weekly and in small groups or Sunday school or hospital visits or whatever the situation is or in their homes, uh, I think there's some there has to be some more intentionality in that way. But, of course, you have to have be more careful. So, of course, there's more texting. There's more phone calls. Knowing how each person is best <laughs> respond, you know, you know, some people respond better to a text. Other people respond better to a phone call or whatever. So, um you know, still very limiting the exposure that we have to people just because of what's been going on, especially because our people are more elderly. Uh, you know, we have to be careful. My wife works at a bank, and so she has a high exposure uh, rate uh, coming into the public. And my kids, two of my older children, work at a grocery store and at a fast food restaurant. So working with the public, so we, our exposure rate is very high. Yeah. And so I'd be surprised if we didn't already have it and not – we don't have it confirmed, but I'd be surprised if we don't, if we didn't have it and maybe we're asymptomatic or something. So we got to be careful, but yes, um, you know, for, you know, there to just to piggyback on what Pilgrim said, we had uh, one family uh, who's not very well off um, and they're very, very uh, immunocompromised. Um, you know, how do they get their groceries now? You know what I mean? And they're, and they're fearful to go out. Um, yeah, yeah. so, and they're not very, they don't have a lot of money to, uh, to sign up for, uh, Uber Eats or one of these, not Uber Eats. What's the Shopify? Uh, yeah. The grocery, the grocery not, stuff. That's not Shopify. Uh, shipped. Shipped is shipped. one. Thank you. Instacart. Yeah. Instacart. Yeah. So we actually paid for them to have a membership to one of those things. And then, um, and then they're not very techy, and so we had another one of our members actually place the order for them on their device. Um, and so the, the the family in need of groceries called the other family, saying, "This is what I need. Order for me." And then, of course, it was delivered on their front door. And so that was just one creative thing that we did just to help that one family. Yeah. Um, and since then, we've actually had um, uh, a lady in the church who has volunteered to actually go do shopping for free for people. And to say, hey, if someone needs that, uh, let's save some money instead of using shipped because there's actually an upcharge of groceries when you use that. Yeah. Um, let's. I'll. I'll just do the shopping for them, and <clears throat> of course, do it in a wise way with gloves or masks <clears throat> or whatever is necessary. Yeah. And so I think and just being attentive to people's needs and to see each person is going to be served in a different way. You can't serve everyone the same way. Yeah. Uh, especially with what's going on. People have, if you haven't noticed, there are a variety of opinions on this thing. Um, and so some people think you're taking it too seriously and other people think you're not taking it seriously enough. I mean, maybe it's just me, Pilgrim, but I don't know. I mean. <laughs> no, you know, I was talking to a, a pastor friend of mine who's been in ministry for uh, almost 40 years. And he said, this is by far the most challenging year of ministry he's ever experienced because of that, because of the, variety um you know so not only are we providentially hindered mo most of us in the country and the world from from even meeting so we've got to come up with now now suddenly we're video producers you know we're preaching to a camera 
Um, and then we can't see our people. We don't know how they're doing. We just, we're speaking into the ethernet, hoping that, you know, someone is out there. Um, and then on top of that, now, now we're starting to kind of meet together and we've got every opinion from, you know, how could you be so unloving to, to put us at risk by having us meet together? Um, you know, to, if we are not meeting together, all of us right now, then we're absolutely violating Hebrews 10 and, uh, we're all in sin and pastor, you need to stop. You know, I, I know one pastor friend of mine was told he is basically working for Satan by, um, asking people to wear masks. So we have those extremes and we're trying to navigate everything in between. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's incredibly challenging. So, um, We've touched on two areas that I do want to talk on, uh, um, but I, I want to, because uh, I do want to talk on you know, like how do we, how do we minister to a congregation that is divided, um, and then I want to finish off with um, like the practical tasks what we can do to help um, minister to the physical needs James chapter two. Um, uh, to those in our congregation, but, um, um, I, I want to ask this first. Uh, so, um, taking my experience. Okay. Um, one of the things, because again, I was extremely fatigued. Um, honestly, I didn't want to do anything. Uh, so even like taking a phone call, like sometimes like I'd wake up to like, six or seven missed calls, um, you know, and like 20 texts or something like that. Um, how do we minister, <clears throat> excuse me, to people who are, um, who do kind of have some of those symptoms. They're not able to actually like physically like answer a phone at the moment. Um, just so that we can make sure they're doing well on the one hand, but, on the other, like I know kind of during this time, like after like I was starting to kind of get out of the fatigue part of it, um, I personally was feeling very lonely um, just because like I had to be stuck in my house. <laughs> like I can't go anywhere. Um, like what, what are some things that you guys um, can think of to help with the loneliness aspects um, where someone does have to quarantine. Uh, but you know, they're kind of like me, they're like a very like social person. Um, cause uh, you know, some people will take this and be like, Oh, I get two weeks by myself in my house. Like it's true. Yeah. Give me all the books, <laughs> you know, I'll sit and read the whole time. And you for know, others, other... it's absolute torture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like mm -hmm. I can sit and read for a little while, but I could probably do it a couple hours, you know, at my house, but then I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> right. So Pilgrim, we'll, we'll start with you. How do we minister to those who are feeling lonely during um, quarantine times? Yeah. Well, I think that's the challenge, right? So like um, <clears throat> my wife, we did get exposed and we believe that I had it as well, but I did test negative, but we had the same symptoms. I think by the time we were tested, um, I had recovered, but she tested positive. So she, you know, has, she's much more introverted and loves the, you know, let's be a homebody and hang out. But for her, just observing her, um, the, the check-ins, you know, the, the, the older folks in the church, some of the ladies, the family members, 
A um, couple people popped in and dropped off. They, you know, rang the doorbell and ran back to the car um, or did a drive, you know, a drive up to the front. Um, they, they left, you know, some, some goodies at our door um, or they, they drove by and just from the street, you know, waved um, and spent a couple minutes in conversation. That meant so much. Like it, it, it disproportionately impacted her. It was the smallest gesture of I can stop by your house, ring the doorbell, I'll talk to you from the car. Mm-hmm. Um, at the front end of the quarantine, when we didn't have, you know, any exposure, um, we, it had just begun. We were probably in it two or three weeks. Um, and I chose to work from home during that time. Uh, we did do the same thing. We stopped by and, and waved to someone. And again, disproportionately blessed them for the small gesture that it was. So I think, you know, the, the check-in is good. The, um, if we're able to do Zoom like we're doing here, you know, to see people's faces. I know our staff meeting, our admin meeting is once a week on Zoom. And the ladies on the admin meeting are just, they're like, this is our social hour. We love this. This is, you know, this is so important to us. They're, one of them is higher risk and can't really be, um, you know, it's just, it's probably wiser for her to, to still stay home on Sundays. So, um, you know, it really means a lot to, to have that face to face or that, <laughs> that face to, you know, street, um, street corner. Yeah. Um, meetup, so. I know, I know with me, like texting and, <clears throat> and phone calls were okay. Like, but something as simple as FaceTime, like it's just, actually seeing someone yeah like disproportionately blessed me like the person wasn't even like physically here but actually seeing their face was like yeah. very comforting yeah and I, and I think that has to be okay with the other person so you know I mean yeah. like hey can I FaceTime you how you doing you know what I mean yeah. so obviously the texting is one thing but you know, not everyone, like you said before, some people are more introverted and just leave me alone. I don't yeah. want to see you for two weeks. And then the other people are like dying the first second they realize they have to stay at home. And yeah. so I think just getting, making sure that the person's okay with it. Uh, yeah. You know, e- even the drive-by, some people would probably think that would be kind of funny. Um, but it just all depends. That's why I think one of the hardest, one of the, one of the more challenging things of being a pastor is knowing how to minister to every single person in the way that's best going to suit them. You know what I mean? Figuring out personalities and experiences and what makes people tick. I think that's one of the most challenging things of how to serve as a pastor. And uh, because everyone is different and you can't do it the same way. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, people being different, um, we had, uh, you know, you, Dan, you know, had talked about it before, you know, uh, these different opinions that we're hearing of things, you know, um, I, honestly, I haven't been on social media in the last few weeks, uh, very much. Um, <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> praise the Lord, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you know, I've, I've just been too tired to really make it to my office even. Um, so, um, my wife, inform me that uh, there's there's people out there that are saying that the mask is is the mark of the beast yeah it's i don't are you saying are you are you are you saying it's important to have sound theology nick (laughs) sound hermeneutics does that matter in everyday life it absolutely matters in everyday life. Nick, but, you're mistaken. You know, it's the it's the vaccine that's the mark of the beast. Clearly, uh, clearly, you've got your information wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got it from a meme from Facebook, so it must be right. Oh, so, 
<laughs> so, um, so, um, you know, so I'm not sure if you guys have any people like that in your church, but the point is, you know, would you like see- to sign into my Facebook account and go through my newsfeed? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so you'll see people on the one hand that'll say like, um, the, the phrase I've been seeing is called naked shaming, naked face shaming. Uh, that if you're without a mask, then you're endangering the lives of those around you. You don't love your neighbor, uh, to use biblical phraseology. Um, and then on the complete opposite side, you know, if you do wear the mask, then you are participating in the sign of the beast. Uh, you know, and really both sides are in a sense, virtue signaling. Yes. You know what I mean? Saying that they're, they are, they are, they are doing what's more honorable or, or better. The one person is acting in, in, you know, defending their freedom to not wear a mask. And then the other people are defending their biblical right to love one another. And, but sometimes what I've discovered is sometimes virtue signaling is virtue signaling that you're virtue signaling. Um, you know what I mean? It's, it goes deeper than just the issue that you're defending. Uh, but I think what you're getting at is how do we keep people together when they, ha- when there's such varied opinions? Is that yeah. kind of what you're getting at? Yep. So yeah, this is a very and, important and one. Specifically together. I mean, like not locationally together. Unified. Like, unified. unified. Yeah. Yeah. Fellowship. Yeah. I think the, I think we have to understand these matters in terms of, um, of the sufficiency of scripture, uh, the, and the authority of scripture. Uh, we could have different opinions on something and still be in complete fellowship. You know what I mean? And, and be brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, when it violates a biblical principle, that's where we cross the line. And so I'm sorry, but a mask is not a biblical principle. You know I mean? There's nothing about mask in the Bible. Obviously there's, there's other places that people could go to say this, that, and the other. So whether you're for mask or against mask, it's not sinful to not wear a mask or to wear a mask. You know what I mean? So I think we have to be guarding our conversation along the lines of the Bible and what does the Bible say and making sure we're not holding people to a standard that God doesn't hold people to. And so I think that's very, that's very important uh, that these things are, are secondary things or even tertiary things uh, in, in that regard. And um, our union in Christ is not fractured because someone decides not to wear a mask or someone takes the coronavirus too seriously. You know, that does not or should not affect our, our unity in Christ. And if it does, I mean, then I think we need to reevaluate our unity in Christ because how unified were we to begin with? Um, you know, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, right? I mean, that's what we are unified in, in Christ. And so, um, and so I think we have to see that, that, I mean, we could apply this to all of life, politics or uh, other social issues. And there's a lot of other things going on now, Black Lives Matters and racial reconciliation. And there's all, a lot of different opinions about that. Um, another episode. That's a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> but I think that some of these things do cross biblical boundaries and we do need to be careful that we are not crossing biblical boundary and we're holding other people to biblical standards and to again remind remind ourselves what is it that brings us together what is it that unifies us in the first place and it's the gospel it's jesus 
It's that we belong to him. We're washed in the same blood and we're part. We have the same Holy Spirit. That's what brings us together. Let us not make other things separate us um, that are not even sinful or that are not even contrary to scripture and making sure that we're not elevating that above our unity in Christ. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, Paul Pilgrim came out with a, a good article recently where um, he basically said like we, who came, who came out with a good article? What's that? Who came out with a good article? Sorry, it like skipped uh, out. Costy, Costy Hen. Okay. And he said, um, you know, in his church, he's got some people that are much more confident. Um, and he's got some people that are a little more, little more um, cautious. And his response was, I need a little more, I need a little more um, caution in my life. And I need a little more um, confidence. And so I need those people in my life. So, so our posture has really been um, to have grace on everyone in this situation. So there's grace for the person who is, has, has seen this as a political thing. Um, and okay, work through that opinion. You know, there's grace for the person who's like, I'm not sure if I'm ready. You know, I'm not high risk. You know, I'm just afraid of this virus. And so there's, there's grace to understand that. Um, we've been trying to really make Romans 12. Um, there's, there's, the second half of that chapter, um, there's a couple one-liners that are just so instructive and, and applicable for the church, um, not just in Rome, but um, he says, I'll just give you a couple verses. Romans 12, um, 10, love one another with brother, brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. I mean, if everyone's doing that, we're, we're, it's our goal to outdo one another in honoring each other. Um, and then he says in verse um, 16, live in harmony with one another. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, to be in harmony as a musician, you have to find where the other person's at or find the correct note and then tune to that note. Um, so live in harmony with, with one another. Do not be haughty, associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight. Um, yeah. And then as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So we're, we're trying to, to lead that way and encourage the church to, um, to live that way. Yeah. I was actually pulling up uh, uh, Romans 14, uh, you know, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Do not quarrel over opinions. Mm. Uh, one person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Now we could, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, as far as the application, I think we can switch, uh, uh, instead of saying, you know, uh, may eat anything or eats only vegetables is wear masks or don't wear masks. Yeah, that's a very... relevant application, you know, so I, I think, you know, uh, but it says, don't look down on the weaker brother. Now, you know, someone's going to say, well, which one do you think is the weaker one one that doesn't? And I'm going to say, it doesn't matter. The one with your opinion, that's different than yours. The one with your, that's different than your opinion. You're going to think is the weaker brother. Mm -hmm. Don't look down on him. So whether because, think, because everyone thinks they're right, everyone thinks they're oh, the strongest. If not, they change their opinion. <laughs> exactly. So right. if you think you like everyone should always wear masks, don't look down on the person who disagrees with you. And if you think you should never wear masks, don't look down on the person who disagrees with you. You know, live in harmony, as Pilgrim had mentioned, you know, just two chapters, uh, not even two chapters, like, uh, literally like a chapter before because it's right at the end of 12 and then beginning of 14, you know, um, 
So, you know, don't look, don't look down on the person who has a different opinion on you on non uh, sinful matters. Like if it's, if it's an actual sin, like, you know, say, you know, well, I disagree with you that, you know, fornication is bad. Well, fornication is a sin. Sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. regardless of, you know, what you think it is, but wearing a mask or not wearing a mask has nothing to do with the law of God. And because it has nothing to do with the law of God, it, it's not sin. So. Exactly. So, and, and, and I think that's where we, you know, this episode is about how to care for one another who uh, for other people in our church that have coronavirus. Right. Yeah. And I think it needs to be centered on those commands that Pilgrim just brought up those one and others in the, in the new Testament yeah. uh, that, that, that we are given, you know, the love one another, honor one another, build one another up, accepting one another, admonishing one another, caring and serving, bearing, forgiving, being patient. I mean, it's a long list. And so how do we care one another in a biblical way for one another during this time? Well, however that looks like, according to what the new Testament has commanded. Yep. Amen. So last, lastly, and uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up after this is, um, uh, what are some like basic tasks uh, that we can do to help? Uh, Dan, you had previously mentioned, you know, Shipt and Instacart with helping, you know, certain people get groceries because, you know, when I was sick, like we couldn't leave the house. So, you know, I didn't prepare beforehand for this. Like I, I didn't know I was going to get sick. It literally hit me like a ton of bricks one day. And, um, you know, and then I'm like, oh, well, great. Now I can't leave the house. Uh, so I didn't have a bunch of soup or Gatorade or whatever. But then, uh, you know, so, but if somebody, if somebody does buy you groceries, like I didn't want them to buy me ground beef or, you know, uncooked steak or chicken or something like that, because that means I had to get up and cook. And I just, you know, I didn't have the energy to do that. So uh, I'll toss it over to you, Pilgrim. You know, what are some creative ways that we can actually help with certain tasks with helping uh, people that currently are sick? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think, you know, Dan's idea of, you know, an Instagram, uh, membership, that's cool. We have a meal train. We have a, we have a team at our church called SOS, which is more for like um, extreme um, you know, congregational care if it's like really urgent. So if there's a, um, a death in the family and, and babysitting is needed or moving help is needed or uh, food. So um, they've, they've been kind of on high alert um, and, and ready to go. And we, we've had, they, they offered us meals when Jen got sick. Um, and we, we were really kind of, I was feeling better. So I was cooking and we were good, but um, I think that's, that's helpful. Um, and, and with, with certain, you know, websites that you can set up a meal train, you can, you can even link it to DoorDash. So a full meal can be delivered. We've in the past had people do that for us um, where we could just say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And you, you can actually go in and order it, you know, specifically, and then it'll get delivered. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that the church can help out with. Um, so people donated Publix gift cards again, that works through Instacart. Um, so that's helpful. Um, I think one of the things is just knowing, um, knowing specifically who, this is one of the tricky parts of this is that um, some, some people don't even know they have it. So they don't even know that they've been diagnosed or that they're a positive case. So um, I guess letting the church know 
hey, and, and some of that's, you know, discovery. How, you know, a lot of the people aren't going to call the pastor or the ministry team. Hey, we're, we're sick with COVID, just so you know. So, um, so that's a little bit of a, of a challenge. If people did allow us to know that, then we could, we could kind of rally um, some practical help. Um, but yeah. I so, mean, and that's the thing. Not everyone wants people to know. Yeah. That yeah. they that they're sick. We've had a couple of people in our church that have been positive, and they said, um, "Hey, I'm telling you because you're the pastor. I think you should know, but I really don't want this going out." And so, yeah. um, you know, we had the responsibility to tell the church that, "Hey, you were in the service where someone was positive, but we didn't say who." Type of thing yeah. to to respect their privacy. And again, that goes back to understanding how to serve each person. Some people just want to be left alone. Okay. We're, if you need us, we're here. Call us. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll respect your wishes. I think another, this is not as practical, but theologically, we have to, um, as a family who experienced this, we are really, you know, everyone experiences a different, you know, aspect medically, but we are really trying to encourage our church to trust in the sovereign will of God, to not panic. Um, there's, there's a mental anguish that goes into having COVID that you oh, yeah. are wondering, who did I expose? Did grandma get exposed yeah. to this? So that, you know, like a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of undue anxiety. So just reminding the church, Isaiah 26, three says, um, you know, you'll keep in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on the Philippians four says that we're to, um, you know, we're to basically all these things that are lovely, true, admirable, we're to, we're to think on those things. Um, that the peace of God transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. So um, Jesus says, my peace, I give you not as the world gives, you know, it's not the absence of the disease. It's in the middle of the, the disease. Christ's peace is right there with us. Yeah. So just, just theologically reminding the church that um, it's, it, you know, is it okay to, to have a moment of, um, you know, fear and panic? Of course we're human but re submitting that ultimately to, you know, I'm going to not in a fatalistic, you know, like the Muslims say, inshallah, you know, like, well, whatever Allah wills, but, but in a truly, you know, submitted way to the will of God saying, I, I trust in God's sovereign plan. If he wants me to be sick and to recover, there's a reason why second Corinthians one, I'm, I'm led to the brink of death so that I could see that God raises us from the dead, you know, spiritually, just, just those kind of, theological reminders um, to build our faith. This, this has helped build and, and really um, sanctify us in our faith as a family. So just being reminded of that, that's more important than us being safe from the virus is that we would grow in the image of Christ. So Amen. reminding people of that. Amen. And uh, just to uh, wrap it up here, uh, I'm actually uh, uh, in the process of writing an article. It's technically done. It's actually being edited at the moment is uh, just uh, three ways to minister to those who are afflicted. And, um, you know, I go through, um, you know, first thing is prayer. I mean, that almost seems obvious, but, you know, I, I give, you know, a couple ways to pray uh, for someone. Um, secondly, you know, just simply checking in, you know, face-to-face -face interaction is a little bit, you know, um, better for me, but, you know, as Dan pointed out, not for every single person. Uh, but then, you know, some basic tasks, you know, purchasing groceries, you know, is one of them. Uh, helping with laundry, if you're, you know, comfortable with that. Um, and something as simple as, you know, uh, you know, if your neighbor has it, you know, take their trash and recycling bin down to the curb and bring it back up. I, I mean, something, you know, 
simple tasks like that, you know, really go a long way. So, uh, but I'll be, you know, posting that article, hopefully, you know, simultaneously with this uh, podcast release. So, Good. Awesome. Perfect. So, all right. Um, does anybody have a gospel nugget uh, prepared? If not, we can just do some recommendations. Let's do recommendations. All right. Sounds good to me. Uh, Pilgrim, we'll start with you and then I'll do one and then Dan, you can wrap it up. Sure. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, there's uh, quite a bit of recommendations. It's hard to narrow down. We've, we've talked about different um, musicians. We've talked about different apps. Um, I just read a great book um, by Sinclair Ferguson called In the Year of Our Lord. Um, oh, really good book. Right. And he takes its talks that he had given on Sunday nights um, in, in a series on church history. So mm-hmm. he basically takes every single century and gives you kind of like at least a big highlight or, or a, a person in the church or people in the church who are greatly influential. So um, one of the areas in my, you know, we all look at our theology and there's areas in doctrine that we, you know, are maybe a little deficient in and we want to grow. Not mine. Uh, except Dan, Dan's arrived. So, <laughs> um, so me, sorry. I, uh, I just, you know, church history is one of those areas. I was a little bit, um, you know, not as well informed. So as kind of a primer, as a starter, uh, great book, very, very quick and easy to read. And, um, uh, in the year of our Lord, great, great book by Sinclair Ferguson. And I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to soak the fires of covetousness in you. Um, my copy of In the Ear of Our Lord is actually signed by Sinclair wow. Ferguson. Awesome. So I, uh, and um, I actually won it in a uh, uh, drawing, like a, um, at a Ligonier conference. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So I got mine for free and signed. So, wow. Treja. <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. So, um, my, <clears throat> excuse me my recommendation is actually um, kind of a bigger book. Um, And when I mean bigger, I don't mean voluminous, uh, but it's, um, um, it's actually a pretty thin book. It's right here. Called how to not get COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. Right. Uh, So it's actually very thin, uh, but it is so full of information. Like, Sometimes you just have to stop and digest it for a little bit. It's called Sola Scriptura. And it's uh, various authors, uh, Joe Beakey, Sinclair Ferguson. There we go. Uh, Bob Godfrey, John MacArthur, R.C. Sproul, Derek Thomas, James White, and Michael Horton. And each one of them uh, has a chapter, and I'll I'll just briefly go through the table of contents. Um, Like, what do we mean by Sola Scriptura? So like gives a good definition. Then Sola Scriptura in uh, the early church. So church history, you know, early, early church. Um, Then uh, there's a discussion of the establishment of scripture. So like how we got our canon. Then the authority, then the sufficiency, then uh, scripture's relationship to tradition. And then... um, Joel B. Keyes's uh, chapter is actually more of a pastoral application of it is the transforming power of uh, scripture. And honestly, that last chapter really got me. 
because like normally like when you're reading a book like that you're you know trying to just digest all the um the scholarly knowledge in it but then the very end he makes a pastoral application to all that scholarship mm-hmm. and you're like wow like scholarship's actually really important <laughs> so uh just to personal life so um so yeah so i i recommend that book um i um read it a while back but i've actually been uh going through it again uh just for some church history stuff but i you know i i really you know can't overemphasize like how how good that book is so awesome i'm going to recommend a book called from eden to the new jerusalem a book by t desmond alexander excellent book it's an introduction to biblical theology how to see the bible as one story and uh, he does it really well and structuring uh, what God's plan for the beginning was to have a place to dwell with his people. That's, of course, began in the Garden of Eden. And that's how the story ends um, with the new heavens and the new earth. Um, and so it's a really, really great book that help, I think will help expand your knowledge of biblical theology and help you see things from a, from a big story point of view and then how to see how the different parts come together. It's a very uh, short read, um, uh, not not maybe as voluminous. I didn't even say that word right, but as Nick just said, but it'll be a good read, short read. Um, I think you'll like it. Check it out on Amazon. T. Desmond Alexander from Eden to the New Jerusalem. All right. Well, guys, uh, you have uh, um, joined, you know, once again to the Gospel Forum podcast. Uh, you know, we encourage you to subscribe um you know like us on facebook subscribe on apple podcasts google play we're also on spotify Castbox, gosh and a number of other places we're out there man we're out there oh we're out there for sure <laughs> but anywho so thank you dan and pilgrim for joining me and uh keep on reforming everyone